millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. We've just finished recording this week's episode, and Annabelle... There was a glaring omission. Yes, I forgot to say something extremely important, which is we're not going to be here next week. Aha. Uh-huh. Is that right, is it? It is right. Oh, yeah. I'll be here. Well, you're all oh, right. Well, you can do it on your own name. I won't. You're right. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> I've got a weird feeling I might be away the week after, but let's Oh, uh, it's, let's it's trust, half ten yeah. the week after. Yeah, let's oh. trust that. But, but yeah, the likelihood of me going anywhere is low. Okay, okay. But I just want to put that out there just okay. in case. Okay. Um, so definitely no podcast next week mm. and possibly no podcast the week after. I'm feeling bad now, but there is some exciting things coming soon. Yes. If you're she, feeling that we're neglecting you, we're not. We've got some plans for something. She's not just saying that. No, I'm not. Honestly, not. We're just waiting on Tom, yes. Annabelle's lover, to agree to do something pro bono. Yes. And yes. then we'll have some exciting news for you. Yes. just want to point out that the window is open today so if people think they can hear for example construction or birdsong in the background mm-hmm. you can you can the window's open because it's a hot day don't mean to worry if you can't hear any of those things i imagine they will be intermittent right or, or the microphones won't pick them up but I, I just wanted to get in front of it as they say um now before you got here today yeah i was um doing my doom scrolling as i do and i, I saw uh, a headline that a fifth case has been reported in the UK of monkeypox. Oh, no, it was two last I heard. Five, Five now, now, yeah. Wow, okay. Is, isn't the lesson of the pandemic that if you, want to take, if you want the public to take something seriously, it needs a technical name like COVID-19? Right, right. I mean, have, have we learned nothing from swine flu, or <laughs> bird flu, mad cow disease? We're not interested if there's an animal involved. Well, we are, but not, you know, not in a good way. Yeah. You know, not in a taking it serious way. Yeah. Um, mon- monkey flu, I, I read, is a, a variant or related to smallpox. Oh. And I even think smallpox is a bad name. Why? Small. Should, I mean, be, I, I should know, be big pox. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's probably why, mm. you know, the death toll was so, so high. Mm. Because a lot of people weren't taking it that seriously. It's, it's only smallpox. Small, yeah. yeah, it's not bigpox. I'll be worried when it gets to bigpox. I am. Um, I, d- I don't want to read too much about monkeypox. Why are you scared? No, no. It's it's more that at the moment I've got the idea in my head that it, it somehow makes you take on monkey-like characteristics. Oh, you don't want to ruin that. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Here's a question. Mm. Do you think we love monkeys so much because they're like us, mm. but without all the social norms and, and structures? that On this podcast, we drifters talk about getting ourselves into knots over every week. Is, mm. is that the appeal of a monkey? Well, it certainly is an, is an appeal, isn't it? Like, that does make them... Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's a, it's an enticing theory. Like, and, and I, you know, I, th- I think, you know, for example, I wish that I didn't feel pressured to banter with a tradesman mm. or go to a party. Mm. But I'm not sure that the public masturbation or the hurling fecal matter has that much allure. I don't look at a monkey and think, I wish I could do that. You know what? I think there's a middle ground there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. It's not one or the other. <laughs> That's the missing link, isn't it? That's the missing link. Yeah. Or you know, maybe on that um, that drawing, that famous illustration. I forget what it's called now. I always um, where it's it starts as a chimp and ends up as a man, and you've got all the stages oh, in between. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe man. yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Um, the uh, the midpoint is the one to shoot. For. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's in any doubt. Yes. <laughs> um. Did you set your alarm for the uh, for the middle of the night for the blood moon the other day? I didn't even know there was one. Yep. What? When was this? Uh, I think it was either Saturday into Sunday or Sunday into oh, Monday. No. If it was, um, maybe it's Sunday because I don't remember it being the same night as Eurovision. That'd be a lot, wouldn't it? Oh, too much. Yeah, yeah. I believe there was a big football thing. Oh, right. And Eurovision on the same day. Oh god. You don't want to make it a hat trick in sporting parlance and mm. have the blood moon as well. No, no. Anyway, I didn't set set it, and I did take some pleasure in seeing people on social media the next day who had set their alarms for three thirty a.m. and uh, and then it was raining and cloudy. Oh, took some pleasure from that, did you? Okay, <laughs> you <know>. okay nice. <laughs> I just don't. Here is what I don't understand. So there are observatories and, and radio telescopes like Jodrell Bank. Mm. And they've got really good space cameras. <laughs> and, and they're going to take pictures which are going to be so much better mm. than what you take with your phone or, even if we're honest, what you see with your naked eye. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. So just just like get up at a normal time the next day, go on their social media, have mm-hmm. a good look. If it comes in the daytime, fine, look at it. Don't set your alarm, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Well, I even remember like once there was an ecl- some eclipse or other that was only going to happen once every 75 years. Yeah. And it was back when I was drinking, I was hungover and I was yeah. like lay there with a um, duvet over my head thinking, like doing the maths and thinking, well, it's feasible that I could live until the next time it comes around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel this the same way about this stuff as I do about people taking pictures of famous landmarks. Right. There's better ones out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like that picture you're taking of the Eiffel Tower, you are not going to capture anything that somebody hasn't caught before uh, and, and probably better, unless you're there on that day when like Grace Jones hang glided off of that James Bond <laughs> film. But apart from that, yeah, just, just Google image it, buy a postcard. The only time it's worth it is if you're with someone else and it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa and they get to that thing where they're oh, pretending to yeah, 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 that's, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, fine, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But everything yeah, else yeah, 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 yeah. Anything where it. either you're in it giving it the thumbs up yeah. or you're doing something humorous with a landmark, like <laughs> propping up the Leaning Tower of Pisa, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is the exception. Mm-hmm. Just like this strange compulsion that we have, I think, to... It's almost like we're ticking these, like we're train spotters, but we're not spotting trains. We're spotting as many landmarks as we can, mm, mm, mm. and I just don't—I don't know what that translates to on your deathbed. 
Right. I think the deathbed's overstated. Mm-mm. I don't think really the value of your life should be entirely about the deathbed. Can I point out that you are someone who get, does Pokemon Go to extreme lengths? <laughs> yes. Well, well, you, you make a good point. Yeah. You make a good point. But is it, yeah, but people mock me for it. Right. Like you, for example. I don't. I don't. Okay. Have I mocked you? I feel like it's maybe a sneer. No sneering. No. I, I, if anything, I, I take some joy from it. Really? Yeah, I love so I've it. I've got a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you keep me busy. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a couple of people actually um, email and get in touch on Twitter. I, c- I can't see the tweets now, but I can see. Uh, so there was Mutsu M in Japan, uh, Alec Lodge, um, both of whom are fellow Pokemon Go players in 2022. Right. Mm hmm. Um, Alec offered various hacks for, oh. for tricking your phone into thinking you've walked further than oh, you have. Oh, okay. Have you used them yet? Uh, not yeah. yet, but oh. I, I will be doing. Sure. Um, here's, here's something I like. Can I tell you something I like about it? Yeah, go on. To progress um, in the way that I am aspiring to, mm-hmm. I had to catch a ditto. I did that. That was a really great moment for me. Yeah. It's a very frustrating process to get me there, but I finally did it on Sunday. But to, to progress, part of what you need to do is send gifts, in inverted commas, to, to friends who are also on Pokemon Go. Okay. Now, do you see the, the immediate problem? Yeah, you haven't got any friends on Pokemon Go. Yeah, I mean, you could just stop after friends to some extent. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's not true. That's true. Um, but, but, but yes, so, so what I did was late the other night, I put my Pokemon Go trainer code on Twitter for 10 minutes and then deleted it. Right. And about 30 people added me on there. Oh, so you've got some now. So I've got 30 friends. I don't know what any of their real names are because everybody's got a screen name. Lovely. Uh, I don't know what any of them look like because everybody makes these avatars of themselves. Like our avatar, because I did mention last week I am ostensibly playing this on behalf of my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he created our our character. Okay. it's not not the makeover I would have given. You're, you're given distancing the yourself from me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're criticising your son, yeah. it's taste. Yeah. It's like with this conversation I was having about clothes last week. Right, you know? right. Um, and anyway, so um, so so I don't know what any of them look like. I don't know. I don't know where in their world they are. But you know, we are all like it's some kind of pyramid scheme, hmm. getting points. By sending each other gifts. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. But what's really great about it yeah. is I think probably um, to curtail the activities of any predators who might be on Pokemon Go, mm. there's no interacting. You can't send a message or, you know, um, get in touch with somebody or arrange oh, to meet up or anything like okay. that. Okay. Oh, nice. So in a way, it is like my ideal version of a friendship <laughs> in that I can send and receive gifts. <laughs> But there is nothing else required of me in terms of interaction. <laughs> okay, Annabelle, let's uh, let's delve into the old hello at adriftpodcast.com mailbox and see what the drifters have sent to us this week. First from Commander Karen of the High Seas. Driving home one day, I was stuck in traffic and out of sheer boredom, I picked up a penny from the coin train. I proceeded to run the penny across the steering wheel, probably making a vroom, vroom sound and pretending that the coin was a car. As I ran it over the wheel, it dropped into a crevice and disappeared. Oh, I said, and then didn't give it much thought. Eventually, I was able to get off the highway and as I turned right, the horn went off. 
Weird, I thought. I then turned left and beep, the horn went off again. The penny had actually got stuck behind the car horn in the oh, middle no. of the steering wheel. And so whenever I turned right or left, the <laughs> horn went off. Because I didn't want to take it in to get fixed, because then I would have to admit what I'd done. And of course, I'm lazy. I spent weeks driving, beeping, and of course, waving hello at random people. <laughs> it reached peak idiocy a few weeks later. I was at a work event and I had to meet some of our company representatives. I managed to crawl out of my shyness and chat for a while with one guy and we ended up going down in the elevator together together to our cars. I said goodbye to him and got in my car, which was close to the elevator. He had quite a walk to his car at the back. So I drove by him and waved goodbye for the final time. But then I have to turn and the horn goes off and I have to wave again. (laughs) The parking rows were short. So as he is cutting across, I have to turn again and beep and I have to wave at him yet again. (laughs) At this point, he thinks I'm a raving lunatic. And of course, I keep driving up and down the road to the exit. I must have beeped and waved goodbye to this poor man about five times. I made sure the car was fixed the next day. Occasionally, I think... (laughs) Should I learn to drive? <laughs> and uh, you know, that, that has answered that question for once and for all. I yeah. don't want to risk that happening. That's it's wonderful. Terrible. Yeah, it's brilliant. I don't think I've ever been beeped at, and I'm talking about it in a friendly way, not in a, a get out of the way hmm. sort of way. I don't think I've ever been beeped at without nearly jumping out of my skin. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's completely terrifying. <laughs> Even a friendly honk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To me is alarming. Because <laughs> I always think, oh, I've done something wrong. What have I done wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and this one's from Ben. I volunteer at a charitable food project about once a week. They collect surplus food and distribute it all around London to needy organisations. They also have a kitchen where their amazing chefs cook up a whole load of meals that they also distribute. I help out there. I'd never worked in a kitchen before. It's a lot of fun and everyone is very nice. I'm usually tasked with low-level food prep jobs like chopping vegetables. Recently, the head chef has been given me tasks with increasing responsibility. This is, of course, a nightmare. I desire the most meanly of tasks with the least amount of responsibility, (laughs) thus shielding me from any potentially horrific slip-ups. The other week, I was tasked with some actual cooking, preparing and roasting the potatoes. I set about the job filling huge trolleys with trays of freshly seasoned potatoes. Once ready, into the huge ovens they go on a timer. A little while later, I hear the timer go off and I wander over to the oven. One of the kitchen assistants was already there and had opened the oven. They informed me the potatoes were done and needed to be loaded into the chiller now. I took one look at the potatoes and realised they were very much not done. Herein lies the problem. The kitchen assistant is lovely but somewhat prone to slightly silly mistakes. He then doesn't take kindly to having those mistakes pointed out to him. I very much hate being the cause of anyone's ire, which now puts me in a very difficult position. I had to be the person this time to point out he was wrong about something. Me, a lowly, unassertive volunteer. Him, a full-time employee. So I do the obvious. Okay, I say thanks. And I start taking the trays out of the oven to go into the chiller. The sous chef comes past at this very moment. They're not done, he says, looking over at the potatoes. Uh, Oh, really? I reply ridiculously. He sighs. Yeah, you always need to dry them first. Put them back in for another 10 minutes. Okay, I say sorry. Sous chef departs. I start to put the potatoes back into the oven. Hapless but lovely kitchen assistant reappears. What are you doing? They need to go in the chiller now. Oh, I say. uh, The sous chef says they're not quite done. Need to go back in for another 10 minutes. Kitchen assistant looks slightly perturbed. Well, the oven temperature's too high for potatoes, really. You need to turn it down if they're going back in. He turns the oven down from 180 to 70. I know this is wrong too. Okay, thanks, I say. 
At this moment, head chef comes past. Oh. Is that the second batch of putting in head oh, chef? No, oh, no, no. This is awful. This is still the first. I reply, they're not quite done. Sue chef says they need another 10 minutes. Head chef takes one look at the oven. No, 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 no. That's much too low. This always needs to be 118, he says, turning it back up. I hesitate. I look at the kitchen assistant. Kitchen assistant says nothing. Oh, okay. I say, sorry. I walk off, spending the rest of my shift hating myself, knowing that both the sous chef and the head chef now think I'm an idiot, all because I didn't want to upset the hapless, lovely kitchen assistant (laughs) who then sold me out at the earliest opportunity. Why do I do this to myself? Oh, that was excruciating. Wasn't it? Painful. Yeah, yeah, but very relatable. Yes, yes. Uh, Please send us your story. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. This is a couple of things from my week. The first is kind of a question and it involves a supermarket. And I'm sure you've missed me talking about supermarkets. Is that all I, <laughs> all I did for all of 2020 and 2021? When actually all I can remember really happening is the time my, tolly, my trolley toppled over. Anyway, it's the big comeback. The supermarket. Right, imagine you're in the supermarket and you're in the right aisle for what you need to buy next, but somebody is standing right by the bit you need. How on earth is it possible to wait, but for them not to know that you're waiting? I feel like this happens to me all the time. Yes. Like I could just keep going and come back for the item, mm. but this feels like an inconvenience yes. because I'm quite rigid in my supermarket routine. I very, very much do what I call the methodical snake. Up one aisle, down the next. Yes. Starting from the fruit and veg at the very beginning, never, ever, ever would I start at the alcohol at the far end. Once, during a lockdown, as I entered, a member of staff told me I had to start at the other end. It was some kind of attempt at crowd management. I'm not sure of the logic. But I couldn't bear to do this, so I did this big loop around the back (laughs) and started at the fruit and veg where he couldn't see me. (laughs) Even though it annoys me to start at the fruit and veg first because it ends up at the bottom of the trolley and it gets bruised. And until it struck me today that there's probably a reason for the fruit and veg first, so I looked it up and apparently it's because buying healthy foods first puts the shoppers in a good mood and then they'll feel better about buying unhealthy things later on. And the bright colours calm you and make you feel upbeat and hungry, which leads to more spending. Mm. And now I just think, I'm not your puppet. (laughs) And I'm going to start at the other end of the alcohol and the frozen foods and let my frozen foods slowly defrost as I'm walking around (laughs) and waiting for people to move as I won't be your puppet. Do you ever skip an aisle when you're doing your, what type of snake did you call it? Methodical snake. Methodical snake. I'd have, I have been known. Yeah. So I would even go down the aisles. I'm not going to buy anything. Oh, just really? So that, um, You're doing the methodical yes, snake. Yes, yeah. Really? Yeah. Just can you do you know? Can you analyse why you think you can't miss one? It's a combination <laughs> of it's not neat, right? <laughs> it's not neat. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah. Might, I might see something. Uh, mm. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something might catch your eye. Yeah. You don't want to miss out. Yeah. There could be something sensational. Yeah. What if there's a new thing? What if there's a famous person? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be doing that now. Although the reality is, I'll try it, won't like it, go back to the beginning again. <laughs> 
Back to waiting for that person, though. You can't barge in front of them, can you, and get what you want. That's a big no-no, right? No. But I don't want them to know I'm waiting because it's annoying to have someone hovering. Mm. But I also can't bring myself to pretend I'm browsing products I have no interest in. Mm. So I find myself standing nearby just looking around for as long as I can sanely manage. Like, What else can you do? There's nothing, is there? Look at your phone. Mm, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll try it. Anyway. May I recommend Pokemon Go? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> It's no trolley toppling over in a one-of-a-kind freak accident, so I'll move on. <laughs> Could we get a script in place for us all to follow for the following situation? You're in a bar, cafe or restaurant. You've got a table, but you're short of one chair. You see a, an, <clears throat> you see a chair that no one's sitting in at another occupied table. So you go over and ask if it's free. What we need is set lines of dialogue to stop this interaction for me every single time, ending up with me being confused if the chair is taken or not. I can't seem to phrase the question right without it being unclear and then having to and then saying, so so it is free. Oh, oh no, 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 oh, no, sorry. Or, oh, so it is taken. Oh, oh thanks. Oh, no. Oh, right. OK, well, sorry. Oh, thanks. Oh, I don't think I've ever got it right, ever. Are you talking about asking or being asked? Asking. So asking. Yeah. I'm going to write this down. I say, yeah. oh, is anybody using that chair? And they will, they will, they will either say, uh, no, or my uncle is coming shortly, so I'm saving it for him. Is anybody using that chair? Okay. Yeah. And then when it's the other way, yeah. If I'm at a table and there's an extra chair that I'm not using, yeah, I love being asked so much. Why? Because I feel so gracious. <laughs> I, th- I feel like I'm going. Please help yourself. You know, like yeah. like I'm a real mensch or something. Please take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's very magnanimous. So is that what you say? Please, please take it. Yeah, take it. Yeah, it's all. Please take it. Yeah, and uh, I have like a, a a gesture, a confident gesture. I'm trying to think who I am, like Daddy War, but no, no, because he's. It's such a. I think mensch is the right word. I'm just very magnanimous, good guy. When I'm like, please take it. Okay. Okay. Anything you know, it's like that. That's the term. Anything yours. you want, it's yours. Anything else you want? Yeah. The salt and pepper pots. Yeah. Take yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I've written all that down. <laughs> I'll report back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At the moment. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Mm, um, it's not COVID. No. Good. Which I'm, I think people have talked about how these days, if you have a cough, you need to instantly say, don't worry, it's not COVID yeah, to yeah, anyone yeah. around. But yeah. it was so extreme for me that I was on a Zoom yesterday and I still felt the need to explain. <laughs> right, right. I mean, why? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, that the person on the other end would be thinking, why is this disease <laughs> man showing his face? On a Zoom, I think it's an impulse now. You probably you probably didn't even mean to say yeah, it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did the reason I know it's not COVID. Is I did a test. Mm-hmm. We've got a little stockpile, mm. 
Have you come across a manufacturer of COVID tests called Orient Genes? No. So that's who our, our current supply appears to be from. Mm. And um, genes, you're thinking, oh, it's to do with genetic. Mm. No, it's apostrophe S. Oh, so like the name. Yeah. So, so in other words, there's a fella colloquially, colloquially known as Orient Gene who has gone into business supplying COVID tests, it would appear. Which I think that sounds a bit like um, like an unlicensed bookmaker. <laughs> Orient Gene will give you good odds on it, even Orient if William Hill. Wow. Orient Gene will take your bet, even yeah. if William Hill won't. <laughs> I say unlicensed. I don't know if you need a, a license to be a bookie. You probably do. I think the shop does, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, surely. I think bookie shops are going to become a thing of the past. What, because everyone's doing it on their phones? Yeah, I think there's like a number of things. I think like they must like they must have been hit by the smoking ban. I mean, oh. they said that pubs would be, but you know, the the fog of smoke in a bookies. It was it was like nowhere else apart from possibly when that volcano in Iceland grounded <laughs> all flights. Yeah, I I haven't. I mean, it's not not somewhere I, I go in apart from the occasional emergency loo visit, and even. That I've not done for some time, but I, I would bet money that they still smell of snow, smoke 20 years on from the ban. Probably, yeah. Very deeply ingrained. Yeah. Um, yeah, And it just also feels like, yes, you can do it on your phone. And, and if you want out to, to like watch some horses and, and sh- shriek with joy and then howl with pain, Mm-mm. you're doing it in the comfort of your own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Um the other place I had to explain that it wasn't COVID was when I went to the barber yesterday. It looks very nice, by the way. It's just a beard trim. Oh right, not my hair. Okay. Um, and I went to get my beard trimmed yesterday because it, it was it was getting out of control. It, it sort of definitely looked more um, hostage than hipster. Okay. It was um, the the moustache was overhanging. Uh, okay. My lip like stalactites. And, and, you know, all I'm ever trying to do with my beard, and I've been a beard wearer for a long, long time, you know, as long as you've known me, mm-hmm. um, so 20 odd years, all I'm ever trying to do is, is balance looking like someone who's had a breakdown and let themselves go with uh, looking like someone who, whose cheeks have gone extremely hamster-like due to, like, overeating brought on by poor mental health. Right. This, it's, I'm always trying to find the you know the the way that facial hair can work for me within those parameters <laughs> okay. um and I, I go to the barber and have done for a long time because i'm just bad with a beard trimmer you can't do it yourself no and i, I tried a few times in lockdown i, I watched some uh, youtube videos and i just i just can't do it well the neckline ends up looking too you know severe like ali g or like i'm made out of teletext okay yeah yeah so um if it's just a quick beard trim, I tend to go to the, the the closest place is a Turkish place near us. I don't go there for my haircut, um, possibly because I think they only do two different haircuts. Right. And and this is based on the fact that they have two <laughs> extremely discoloured posters up on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, like when the sunlight has washed a washed a picture out. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. The, the colours have gone sort of faded and strange. 
Which you never see, actually. You know that yellow cellophane? Mm, mm. You never see that in shop windows anymore. I did which... see it. I see it recently. Really? In a shop, really? In a, in a little shop in Somerset. I was, so... was, it, was it knitted baby clothes? It wasn't, no. It was, it, was like a, it was like a little grocery shop and I was so happy ah, to see it. Yeah. They really about... were bucking the trend there yeah. like, by keeping that. Oh, I loved that's it. that's great. Yeah, yeah. So think about, we go back to when we were kids. If you were in the sort of yellowy orange cellophane industry. You were oh, rake, raking yeah, it in between yeah, shop yeah. windows and Lucas Aid. And now both of those have, <laughs> have vanished in that context. Yeah, yeah. Um anyway, these posters. So so one is of Gareth Gates, uh approximately <laughs> around the time he won at Pop Idol. Right, current. And the, the other one is um Duncan James from the boy band Blue. Okay. At the peak of their powers, which I, I believe is um a similar era. Similar haircuts as well. Like not oh, no, the, the Gareth Gates thing was quite dramatic, if oh, you remember. What were the twisty bits? Mm. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't yeah. making him in twisty. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, like Darth really? Maul. Yeah. And, no one's having their hair done like that now. Well, th- th- this is what I was wondering. Like, is it because there is a resurgence in like early 90s pop star hair or is it that they last redecorated in 2002? That. Yeah. Yes. I do find um, people taking a picture of celebrity to the hairdress is quite heartbreaking. Do you? Why? Because you're not going to look like that. Oh, I see. Yeah, this is idea that, yeah, that yeah. this will be the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this will be the thing yeah. that changes everything. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to look like no, that. No. Like, you know, if, if you went in with a photo of a member of the public who'd become unexpectedly famous, like, say, Gillian Duffy, <laughs> or, um, I don't know, one of the cast of Gogglebox yeah. before it goes to their heads and they get a bit of money and they're doing personal appearances, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. then maybe they can put their hair cut on yours and, and it, it'd look something like, mm, but mm. you're not, you're not going to look like a very well-groomed celebrity. No, no. That, that, that doesn't happen. Um, anyway, so, so the weird thing about this place is um, it's I go, I basically go there for a, a quick trim, mm-hmm. right? But... I've got no idea on any given day that that's what I'm going to get. Because sometimes it's a quick in and out beard trim, but then, you know, just, just with the clippers and then snip, snip, snip with the mustache scissors. Mm. And then they get that horse airbrush and then out you go. Mm. And then other times it's like this whole production number with like hot towels and theatrically burning ear hair and some kind of spirit that stings my face and, and a horrible aftershave. And <laughs> I haven't worked out why it varies because obviously if it was an A, B option, I would always yeah. choose option A. And it doesn't vary from like person, head, barber to barber. No, no, no. no, no. It, it seems completely How random. And yeah, you know, I, I'd if it I'd, I'd want to say oh can I just have the quick one please mm, mm. without any of the embellishments but then I think because it's like Turkish barbering and, and, and Turkish barbering is this whole thing I don't mm. want to appear culturally insensitive yeah, you might they might come across as an insult yes I'm wondering if maybe sometimes they think you need it this well, guy needs a pick me up <laughs> well I went in yesterday and, yeah. and then they introduced this whole new element oh which was he went now I wash your face. Oh no! I thought your face was dirty. And uh, yeah, he like plunged my head into the sink like no, he was waterboarding no. me, and then started rubbing cold water all over my face with his hand. No, I've never yes, heard of this happening. No. And and I he wonder, thought you were grubby. Well, is it that he thought I was grubby, or, or do you think he was doing it for a dare? Oh. I'm thinking, how far can we push it with this guy? <laughs> he, he says yes to everything. So yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for you to go next time. Anyway, five pound tip. 
of course, obviously. Uh, and and if anyone um, if anyone does know any good um, YouTube beard trimming videos, right, right. I mean, I've tried but failed. Maybe I could become a beard trimming YouTuber, like the bad beard trimmer. Not sure there's so much demand for a bad beard. Trimmer. I don't know. People like calamities, don't they? That's how you explain okay. the success of things like you've been framed. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be all right on the night. Maybe that could be my ticket out of this hellhole. Okay. Well, you try it. You just try it. Quandary Corner at the Glatt Clinic here in Problematic Annabelle. First one's from Stuart. In our local bakery, there are several two-seater tables evenly spaced in a row along one wall. One person at the table sits with their back to the wall. The other person sits on the opposite side of the table. This means you effectively sit side by side with the table next to yours. Often, groups of more than two will push the tables together to make a four or six-seater. No problem so far. When they leave, either they or the bakery staff will separate the tables again. Still no problem. However, sometimes the person moving the tables apart again will not move them far apart enough. This means when you go and sit at the table, you will sometimes be sitting far too close to the table next to you. Awkwardness naturally ensues as it feels like you've suddenly joined the party and might as well just be sitting on their laps. To make it worse, some tables are partially obscured by columns, so you don't realise they're too close together until you're practically sitting down. So here's my question. When you're at a restaurant table that is too close to your neighbour's table, how do you move your table further away without making the people seated at the other table think you're some kind of snob? Oh, God, it's hard, isn't it? This is a hard one. It's, a, it's, it's not dissimilar to the train seat one from last week, is it? Mm. Because you don't want to, you don't want to sit next to them, close to them, but you don't want to insult them. They don't want you sitting sitting close to them either. Nobody wants this situation, but you don't want to insult them by moving further oh, away. Oh, then then is the, the then is the answer the one from last week? Is it? Oh, shall I give you a bit more room, and oh, then move whilst moving on the them. table? Put it on there. Yeah, like you're being great. You know. <gasps> I've had an idea. Go on. You could pretend. Oh, this is good. You could pretend the table leg is wobbly, elaborately get a napkin out, move the table, oh. move it around loads and loads and loads to adjust it and to, and then like pretend to get it stable. And yeah, then in, in un- unknown to them, moving it slightly further away in the meantime. What is the verb? Huh? What's the verb for just like slowly moving something? You're not shimmying it, what you do? You're not shiving it, that's like mm. a little knife, isn't mm-hmm. it? There's a verb for that. Yeah. Oh. I don't know, but it's that. Okay, that's really good, so, Annabelle. So either that yes. or I'll give you a bit more. No, but, but that involves no talk. That's why I like no talking, no interaction. Mm. Yeah, okay. I'm really happy good. with that. I am, yeah, yeah. Just the tables being too close together is just yeah, awful because yeah, if, yeah. if I ever then need to get up to get to the toilet, I'm really worried about my bum sort of overhanging their table. Right. Like knocking something over. Oh, I see. And if I turn the other way, it's my crotch, which yes. is worse. Yeah, well, yeah which is yes. better. Yeah, yeah bum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Very difficult. Okay. And then, that was really well worked out. Annabelle. Thanks, thanks. Just came to me in a striker inspiration. That was inspiration. Okay. That was like, yeah, there's this bit in the Get Back documentary where you see <laughs> Paul McCartney conjure Get Back Out of Thin Air, yeah. the song. And I feel like we, we all got to witness a moment of creativity yeah. very similar to that. Very, very similar. This is from Laurie. So, I am a 57-year-old man and I travel on the underground regularly. In the last two to three years, I've been offered a seat always by younger men on at least six occasions. I should add at this stage that I do have a short graying beard, I do have a very small rucksack and I might look stressed. I'm a family lawyer and travel on the London Underground to and from court. However, I am a triathlete and would class myself as very fit. 
This t- the first time it happened, I was so horrified. I asked the man in question why he was offering me a seat. He stuttered and couldn't answer. I know that this is not the way of the drifter. Since then, I've seen it happen. I've seen it about to happen in advance. Indeed, several times a man has got up, motioned to me, and I've turned my back in disgust. What I really want to do is clear the carriage and challenge the man to a push-up or a burpee competition. (laughs) But appreciate there might be some logistical issues with this. Please advise. My advice is don't look a gift horse in the mouth. If there's a seat offered, take it. Yeah. I mean, I I feel nothing but envy hearing this story because I am (laughs) not in good shape. And I have been greying, although the last time I said greying to somebody, they laughed at me and said greying. <laughs> so I've, I've been grey for some years now. Uh, this has never happened to me. Right, right. Yeah. But you'd like it to. I'd love to. You're not like dressing in, say, Victorian garb or something, <laughs> you? pocket watch. Mm, well, maybe. This is, this is bizarre to me. Yeah, I mean, he's 57, so he's older than you. Yeah, but I'm telling you, we look the same age because he looks after himself and, and the way he's described himself, it, it, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, it's happening to him and you think, just enjoy it. Well, I just don't. So I'm waiting for that day. And so, you won't, you're not going to feel insulted when that day comes? No. At the moment, I'm, I'm in this weird uh, hinterland where when you've got a very small child, mm. a decent percentage of people... Not everyone, and and I judge those people who don't harshly will offer up their seat or their seats to you, to you and a child. Mm-hmm. Say there's one seat, and then um, you know somebody on either side of the one of them say, "Oh, do you want to sit down?" The both of you, mm. rather than leaving your kids sandwiched between two strangers. But my son is now. It's not necessarily that he's of an age where people aren't doing that, but he's of a size yeah. uh, where people assume he's a bit older. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's. That has gone out the window. People uh, don't offer him the seat anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I just resent it because I, I just want to sit down. I just want to be sitting down. Mm-mm. Well, I can relate a bit more. I think I would feel the insult a bit more in terms of someone thinking that you're older than you are. Um, and I know that my dad, I think I've mentioned this before, my dad, who's 82 next week, he he is horrified by someone offering him a seat. In fact, he has once done a pull-up on the bar to prove <laughs> how young he is is that the answer because that's quite simple it's not it's not a challenging competition but he did just grab the bar and do a pull up <laughs> okay okay here's here's our answer then. robin port it's the robin port protocol okay here. okay so laurie is obviously a man who prioritizes physical fitness and exercise yes yes why not when you're on uh the london underground or other forms of um, public transport avail yourself of the opportunity to do some light exercise yeah 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 do a few pull-ups yeah and then either people think that is uh a a young fit man who doesn't need the seat mm. or they'll think you're insane and, and give you a wide <laughs> there we go problem solved And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening, as ever. And um, if you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, you find yourself in a situation, you want to know what the behaviour should be, we can figure that out for you, by and large. We fail sometimes, but uh, I, I think our track record is decent uh, over the years. Um, email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com, and that is the same email address for your drifter story of social ineptitude. 
Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Uh, Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And um, what should I finish with from this week's episode? Uh, how about... Uh, oh, yeah, it has to be... Beep, 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 yeah! <laughs> Publication time, and this comes from Jason Gleason. Hello, Jason. He says, hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. hi. I'm a long-time listener, originally from Manchester. Oh, I've been, not been back for a while. Have you not? No, I'd quite like to. My friend Chris, my best Manchester friend, was down the other day, and uh, we were reminiscing about the old days. Mm. He was telling me what Ancoats is like. I'll tell Jason so you wouldn't believe what Ancoats is like now. Oh, really? Yeah. Very unlikely, Jason, if you go to Ancoats these days, uh, to be a victim of crime or to, <laughs> to find a decapitated body in the canal. More likely to be eating an artisan pizza. Oh, things have moved on. Again. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, now living in... I want to say Marilyn, but it's spelt Maryland. Oh, let me just let me just. No, I never knew that. That's well, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't want to be in a sort of a Leicester Square kind of situation. No, well, let us uh, let us evoke the uh, evoke. Let's summon the uh, the American. Because actually, I've never heard anyone say Maryland before. (laughs) Well, maybe I'm wrong. Hi. Hi. Do you say Marilyn or Maryland? Marilind, Marilind. Again? Marilind. 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 It's rolling off the tongue now. <laughs> Why don't you say Wardour Street for us? Wardour. Fine. Close, close. Okay, close. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's the best it's ever been. All right, we're going now. Bye. Well, I've learned something today. Yeah. I never knew that you didn't Ma- pronounce Maryland, it Maryland. 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 Wow. Uh, okay. The best Sarah pronunciation thing was when um, she had a gig in Vauxhall and she asked a passerby if they uh, knew how to get to Vauxhall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Um <laughs> From back in your radio show days, one of my life's highlights was when you read my story about seeing a rat on a piece of wood surfing down a flooded street in the Bahamas. Oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, I love that the um, the the highlight is I was reading it on the radio, not that that happened. happened. <laughs> um, to balance this out, a low light was when my story about Sadie R.I.P. didn't make the Dead Dog Memorial song. Oh, no. I was terrible. inconsolable for weeks. I'm going to write another one for you. I remember you saying, actually, I don't think much of this, so oh, Sadie, please. I don't want to honour her memory. Please. Um, I'd like to request a publication for my amazing daughter, Olivia, who will be turning 15 on the 19th of May. She definitely has plenty of driftery qualities, so I'm hoping she will be a new recruit to the podcast and we can share uh, that along with our love of Marvel. Oh, is that like the powdered milk? What? Marvel. No, it's a film franchise. Oh, yes, you're right. Oh, it says actually Marvel Films. <laughs> and um, what's Marvel powdered milk? I think you're thinking of Nesquik. I think there was something called Marvel that oh. sat alongside like Ovaltine and Horlicks and oh. that was maybe powdered milk. Oh, okay. Um, 
and old episodes of Heart to Heart. Oh. Wow, where would you find such a thing? Wow. Love to see Ernest Bergnine. I loved Heart to Heart. Why do we love Heart to Heart so much? I don't know. Had memorable opening credits. Had a cute Mm. dog called Freeway. Glamorous lady. Glamorous. I mean, it had it all, didn't it? It Robert Robert Wagner for the ladies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. This is Mrs. H. I can see now why. She's gorgeous. This is Mr. H. He's quite a guy. When they got together, it was Moida. I need to watch it again. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be curious to know how close... See, there's. Can we hear that yeah, noise now? Well, I can. Is that, oh, that's, that's a bit much. We should wrap this podcast up soon, shouldn't we? <laughs> um, oh man, can you go and bang on the? Uh... Why should I just close the window? You don't want it to be. Too I feel hot. that I've got the effort would take compared to how much longer we've got to go on this email. All right, go on then. Keep going. Keep okay. Going. Um, Olivia is smart. No, 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 no. <laughs> funny. Uh, Olivia is smart, funny, and doesn't mind spending time with us oldies, which is always the highlight of my day. Aww. See, this is this is my big fear when but, the rejection comes. Yeah, I'm dreading it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not going to try and force it, but oh, I'd yeah. love it if I ended up with a kid like Olivia yeah, who actively enjoyed it. Um, and we want to wish her a very happy birthday and hope she has the best of days. Love you, Livy. That's uh, a lovely publication. It I is. love that. There's this PS which um, Jason says you don't have to include this, but I, I will. He Go says, um, have you ever talked about the fact that the Pete and Jeff show is the radio show on in the background of the famous royal family Mambo Number no. 5 scene? I've seen it a few times recently, and it always brings a smile to my face when the show gets a mention at the end. Yeah, so that wasn't, um, that wasn't, even, it wasn't the real radio show. That was something we recorded specially. And I don't remember much about it, I'll be honest, apart from like Craig and Caroline, who are old friends of uh, both mine and Pete's, asked us to do it. And we went in a little room at Virgin Radio, that little one next to where you used to go and record your travel bulletins, Annabelle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we recorded it. And, it, you know, we made them like, I don't know, 40 minutes worth of radio show and it's just on there quietly in the background i've never heard it i must go back and yeah and i can't remember what we did on it i've like got half an idea like we tried to make it a bit like a cheesy local radio show but in all honesty it probably just sounded like us (laughs) but um it's a great thing you know great thing to um to to be a minor footnote Mm. of so yeah. yeah um so that's that's as much of a story as i can remember I remember, I'll give you a little royal family tip because I don't think I've given you much there, but I remember Craig telling me about the royal family and the concept. And I remember saying, I, th- I think it's really good, but I'm not sure that people will um, do well with there not being like audience laughter on it. <laughs> I think it, I think it, I think exactly the same, but with audience laughter at work, right. which is how wrong I was. <laughs> um, so there you go. So there we go. The latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Livy turning 15. Can't remember turning 15 at all. Nope. Would have been doing my GCSEs. Would have been into doing my little hospital radio and mobile discos. I think I had a penchant for a Hawaiian shirt around that stage. Oh, nice. Still do. Um, yeah, I can't remember. It's age, isn't it? I think I had one of those um, Ravers Acid t-shirts, despite having never been to a rave. Really? Yeah, they were in fashion briefly. And so I, I pestered my mum to get one, but I didn't ever go to a rave. I just wore wow. it. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine you being in fashion. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, Livy, have a marvellous birthday. Jason, really good to hear from you. Um, uh, sorry about Annabelle and that whole Sadie thing. I'd just like to um, oh, distance myself so, from that. And if you would like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.